0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. In his opening three days of instruction on his life-changing message, this is your Heavenly
1: Father. Pastor Ray taught us about the very nature of the Father's love and hopefully a better understanding of how deeply he cares for us in these remaining lessons he'll share with us some of the other powerful attributes of the father's nature that every christian needs to meditate on and be thankful for he's a forgiving father who simply unconditionally forgives and forgets our too often made mistakes despite the evil intentions and motives of the human heart he's an intimate father Caring deeply for us and freely choosing to love us, despite how many times we reject him. Because with love, forgiveness, and intimacy comes never-ending mercy. He's a compassionate father, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Generous, beyond understanding, loving, forgiving, intimate, compassionate, and generous. What a mighty God we serve.
2: Thank God that we don't have to be perfect in order to receive the blessings of God in our life. Thank thank God that, see every other religion that I know of, it's, it's man trying to please their God in order to get their God to do something for them. In our, what we believe, it's the flip opposite. It's the total opposite. We're a wretch. We come to God as we are, and he extends his blessing and his hand to us. And he proves and shows himself to be a loving, forgiving, intimate, and very extremely merciful God towards his creation and towards his people. This is... This this is what makes me want to keep serving Jesus. This is what makes me want to keep loving God, that he could take a wretch like me and make a life out of it worth living and blessing a life even when I wasn't deserving of it. In those early days when I got started, God, how can you use me? I convinced myself out of the ministry a million times. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. Look at me. I'm, too, I'm not married. I'm too young. I'm this way. I'm that way. I'm too short. I look too young. I used every kind of imaginable thing and tried to talk God out of using my life. And God said, it's just by my mercy and my grace, son. Don't worry about it. It's not about you. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not charismatic. I tried to convince myself. And you know what? All of those things in some way were very true. But God, through his mercy and through his grace, blessed my life and used me in spite. Not because of me, but in spite of me. (laughs) I've done this, I've done that. I've done, God said, I don't really care where you've been or what you've done. I like what my, my original pastor used to say years ago. He says, I don't care about where you've been. I care about where you're going. Amen. And that's the, that's the message that we get from the living God. Right. His mercy endures, stays with us, is patient towards us because he knows. Because he's the people who know their God will be strong. And carry out so you have to know that god is a merciful god because along the way you are going to screw up along the way you are going to make some mistakes along the way you are going to be challenged sometimes you're going to feel faithless sometimes you're going to feel distant from god sometimes you're going to you're going to question your walk sometimes you're even going to question him but if you're not careful if you don't know that god is a merciful god You're going to fall into guilt and shame and you're not going to be able to walk through to that place of doing great things. You see, Um, you know, in the course of my life and going through difficulties and disappointments and failures and questions and all kinds of things, because every life has this in it. No life is a perfect life. And all through the course of my life, as I've been purposing to follow God and to obey God. There have been many times when I, I didn't feel like I was where I should be and I wasn't as spiritual as I should have been, you know. And But it, it was the mercy of God. I would go back to this, God, you're a loving father. You're a forgiving father. You know exactly how I feel. You know what I'm going through right now. And I don't run from you. I run you. I run to help me in this time. And every time that I've approached God, I've found His mercy available. In other words, God is not going to slam you down just because you're going through a difficult season. God's not going to slam you down just because you know, you're know you in a time of questioning or a time of uh, maybe your faith is, is lacking or waning or weakening. He's not going to slam you down because He's a merciful God. I think all eternity is going to reveal the amount of times that God's mercy carried us through seasons of our life, times of our life, places in our life where it wasn't anything I did. It was all what God did in my life, and it was all because of His grace and mercy in my life. Because He is a loving, forgiving, intimate, and very extremely merciful Father. Sometimes I see people trying to approach God You know with their works and they think you know i haven't prayed enough i haven't read the bible enough i haven't done enough i haven't done this haven't done that haven't done the other thing and and then guilt and shame starts to come now the fact of the matter is we should be in the bible we should be reading the word because the word feeds our spirit we you know it helps us to grow and it helps us to to strengthen we ought to pray because praying in the spirit especially helps us to build our faith But we ought to pray, right? We ought to be using our faith. But often what happens in the course of life, sometimes these things get away from us and we begin to feel less than a believer. We begin to feel that my activity is not enough to please God. We feel sometimes that we're not doing enough to please the Father. And that could never be farther from the truth. Because the truth of the matter is that He is who He is. His love, His forgiveness, His intimacy with us, His mercy and His grace is extended to us. No matter where where we are in life, it doesn't ever change. It's always the same. That's why, see, I don't understand why people, well, I do understand, really, why people run from God in these times because they don't feel that God would accept them back. Well, that goes to prove you don't know your God. You don't know the God that you serve. You don't know the God who sent Jesus to die for you in your place and to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Am I speaking to anybody here today, or am I just speaking to myself? See, he is the loving, forgiving, intimate, and extremely merciful Father. And his mercy is extended to us in all kinds of ways. So let me give you some definitions of the word um, mercy. Well, let me give you this verse first. Micah 7, 18 through 20. This is the Living Bible Version. It says, where is another God like you? who pardons the sins of the survivors among his people. You cannot stay angry with your people. Listen, for for you love to be merciful. I love that. You love to be merciful. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will tread on our sins beneath your feet. You will throw them into the depths of the ocean. You will bless us as you promised Jacob long ago. You will set your love upon us as you promised our father Abraham. So here the writer is really in a time of questioning or going through something himself. And he says, he says you're going to pardon our sins. You can't stay angry because you, because you love to be merciful. And as a result, your compassion. Can you see the heart of the father here? Your compassion is towards us. And you will get, you'll tread our sins. The minute we confess those sins, you'll tread upon them. You'll take them, flip them behind your back, throw them into the sea of your forgetfulness, and then you'll go on to bless us. Even though sometimes we didn't deserve it, you're going to bless us anyway. Amen. Can you see, can you see how, how awesome the heart of God is? For you love to be merciful. I love that. His mercy endorsement. So let me give you a couple of definitions of what mercy means uh, from the Bible dictionary. It means to pity Or to help. It means to show kindness or concern for someone who is in serious need. It means to uh, succor, which means to comfort uh, or give relief to someone who is afflicted or to bring help to the wretched. This is what the word mercy means. Can you see? How many times have you felt afflicted? How many times have you felt wretched? How many times have you been in need? Well, mercy. When, when, when the Bible reveals God as the God of mercy, yeah. he's the God who understands your trials, understands your troubles, understands your hurts and your pains, and he is always ready, ever ready, not to condemn you for it, not to say, well, you, you're not being good enough or you're not being faithful enough. He, he understands that with a compassionate heart, and he's quick to respond with his mercy and his grace. Yes. In Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 21 through 35, I like this particular passage or story. Let me just read this. This is a parable. Jesus gave us parables to teach us spiritual truths. He tried to put them into a simple form, an understandable form for the people to whom he was speaking to at that time. And um, so he gives us this parable, and the parable begins when uh, the disciples come to him to say, how many times, if someone offends me, how many times should I forgive them up to, in a day? Up to Seven? And Jesus responds, no, how about 70 times seven in a day? Yeah. That's, a, that's a sermon all its own, but 70 times 70 in one day. And he takes the opportunity to do this little parable, give them this little parable to teach them and to give them more understanding about what he's talking about. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 starts, out says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts... One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So someone told me that the amount of 10,000 talents in American dollars, and it was a very huge amount. And he says, But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion move with compassion means that the master had mercy upon this servant now remember a parable is given to illustrate a spiritual truth so in this we can understand because Jesus is trying to relate this this master and servant illustration to God and his children to God and to us so he says this servant was owed this tremendous debt this servant couldn't pay it and when 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 payment was demanded the servant fell at his feet before the master and said please i can't don't don't take take me away and take my children and put me into jail and into prison give me time and i will pay you and the master had mercy upon the servant and forgave him all the debt doesn't that sound like god what god has done for for us with with salvation But it's not only at the point of salvation, it's through every step of our lives. God's mercy is always there, quick, with a heart of compassion to forgive us, to help us, to strengthen us, to be with us, to push us on. See, the people who know their God are going to be strong. You're not going to fall apart when you fall into temptation. You're not going to fall apart when you fall into sin. You're not going to fall apart when difficulties come. You're not going to fall apart when your faith seems to be lacking. You're not going to fall apart. You're going to be strong because you understand God to be a loving, forgiving, intimate, and extremely merciful God. So he was moved with compassion. He released him and forgave him the debt. Now that servant, who was really a dirtbag servant because... You understand? I, you heard me right. Dirt bag. He was an ungrateful servant. And unfortunately, I think there are a lot of God's servants that are ungrateful because we have been forgiven. We have been the recipients of God's mercy. But we have not been able likewise to extend that mercy and forgiveness to others around us. So let's just go down that, that line for a minute. But that servant went out and found his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, someone told me that the hundred denarii was a very small amount. It was a small debt, as opposed to the bigger debt of the 10,000 talents. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. He was in the same predicament, right? He said, "And, and he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So this scoundrel could not extend to his fellow, you know, his his uh, fellow servant or whatever he was, he, he could not extend to him the same mercy that was extended to him just a few days before. Right. Sounds like a lot of believers I know. See, when I'm dealing with somebody, uh, someone offends me, I have to constantly remind myself from where I've come, from what I've been forgiven of, how much mercy God has shown in my life. Who am I to be the recipient of something that I am not willing to give out to others? Who am I to receive the goodness and the mercy and the forgiveness of God and not be willing to give it out to others? That would be a very ungrateful servant. Because one of, the, one of the most important things that we do in this earth is that we are examples of who God is. We are examples of the Father. We are examples of the attributes and the nature of our God. So when people come around me and interact, interact with me, I want them to get a flavor of who God is or get a whiff of who God is through my life. I'm working towards, and you ought to be working towards, we all ought to be working towards people getting around us and getting to know God just by Amen. my life. They see what's in my life and what's coming out of my life. They say, ooh, now I, gotta, now I have a better understanding of who your God is. You're just like your dad. You're just like your dad. That's like the biggest compliment in the natural to a parent That would be the, right? How many of you are parents? If someone comes to you and say, man, you trained your kid right, boy, he represents your family. In fact, when I want to compliment a family, when I see a family who's really poured their lives and their heart into their children, their children are a representation of integrity, of of forgiveness, of love, of gentleness. You see a gentleman or, or a perfect lady... I always take the opportunity to congratulate that, that, that father and that mother say, man, you, they truly, absolutely rep- you did a good job because they represent you to the T. And that's what God wants for us in our life. He wants us to be representative of who he is in the earth. People have, too many people have a misconception of who God is. And, and the fault lies with us. Yeah. Amen. Wow, I got one amen and a, someone grunted back there or heard something. That's it. The world has the, has the wrong perception of who God is because of us. That's why when, when, when this parable, when this question came up, should I forgive somebody, you know, up to seven times they Oh, no, man, seven times 70. You know what that means? I did the math one time. That means that you could never allow more than, I think it was three minutes to go by without forgiving somebody of something. You can't hold on to forgiveness for more, unforgiveness for more than three minutes. Basically speaking, we need to live in a state of forgiveness. Does that mean anything to anybody here? So, so the, the servants that were around, the fellow servants, thought what was done, they were grieved, and they came and told their master. And their master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion or mercy on your fellow servants? See, God loves mercy. And he doesn't only love it because he is the the dispenser of it. He loves it because he expects all of us to dispense mercy. Because mercy is one of the attributes of the Heavenly Father. He's an extremely merciful God. And I think if everybody sitting here right now, and you just think through your life, and you think of the things that we've done, maybe some of them have been horrible, maybe they've been you know, nasty, I don't know. You think of the things that we've done and, and now we're on the other side of it and here we are today. We're walking in the blessings of God. We're walking in the protections of God. God has made something of our lives. Did we deserve it? No. Thank God that he is a merciful God and a God that is full of grace and that we didn't get what we deserved but we got what we didn't deserve because of the love of the Father. First in sending Jesus to die on the cross to wipe away all of our sins. See, so we are we are a very, very extremely blessed people. We don't have to do anything to get God to love us. We don't have to do anything to get God to be intimate with us or to forgive us. We don't have to do anything to to get God to be merciful to, towards us. We don't have to beat ourselves, crawl on the ground, whip ourselves, cover ourselves with sackcloth and ashes. We don't have, all we have to do is is be sorry for what we've done, ask for his grace and mercy in our lives, ask for his forgiveness, and bam, he extends it. Why? Because he's a loving, forgiving, intimate, and extremely merciful Father. Can I get a better amen than that? Let me just give you, let me just give you this last verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verses, there's lots of verses. You may want to take this home and just begin to look through the Bible and see all of the wonderful verses on mercy. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. And the uh, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews, Paul says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. All right. So what does that verse teach us? It teaches us that Jesus, when he walked in this earth, even though he was all God, he was still all man. And when he walked in this earth, he walked like a man. He laid his divinity aside to take on the form of a man, which means that Jesus was tempted in all points or in all places, just like you and I are tempted in other words, there is nothing, now listen, listen, there is nothing that you are going through or have ever been through that Jesus himself did not taste. That's right. The only difference is that in the area of temptation, Jesus never sinned. He never, ever acted out on that temptation and actually brought it to full sin. He was tempted by it, but he never, he resisted it. He overcame the temptation and he never gave into it, so he, He was tempted, but yet he never sinned. So no matter what it is that you've ever been or are tempted with or tested with or tried with, Jesus already knows what it is. He knows what it is like for a human to walk this life and to constantly be bombarded with wrong thoughts, wrong activity, wrong actions. Come on, am I talking to anybody in this house? Jesus knows what it feels like. Now listen, it says... For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, not sheepishly, not crawling, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. Everybody say, Mercy, and find grace to help us in the time of need. So you see, see, God's not trying to hold these things against us. He said, when you mess up, man, don't run from God, run to God, because Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by these things. He knows the pressure that comes upon a human. He didn't fall for it. He did not sin, but yet he overcame sin, so now through him you and I can be overcomers When we screw up, we run to Jesus because with him, we're going to find mercy. We're going to find grace to help us in our time of need. So let us come boldly. I love that word boldly because sometimes when we screw up, we don't feel very bold. But yet the Bible invites us to come boldly. The people who know their God are not going to turn from God, and run away from God. They're going to come boldly, and say, Father, I screwed up, but I'm coming boldly. I made a mess, but I'm coming boldly. God, I, I I did something I shouldn't have done, but I'm coming boldly because you are a loving, forgiving, intimate, and extremely merciful. Father, Jesus, you know what it is to have to go through something like this. And I may have fallen for it, but I know that you know how it feels. And I come and ask your forgiveness, your cleansing, and your help. And any time you turn towards God in a time like that, the Father is going to extend His hand of forgiveness and love and comfort and draw you to Himself, clean you up, put you back up on your feet, and push you on so that the people who know their God will be strong and ultimately carry out great exploits for the Lord.